Let's continue on our lessons here as we're learning here on the power of woman and tefillah by the Rigshay Lev, brought to us by Rabbi Menachem Naisel. So now, let's we're going to go into something, a chapter here that's very, very important, which talks about the woman's obligation to daven. And here are some halachot and laws and customs about a woman's davening. So I would suggest that you um, take out a pen and paper and, and make some notes. Also, if anyone has any questions or need clarity in any way, and this is not, you know, this is just a general customs and so forth, and we're going to cite them here, but any specific questions in terms of tefillah that you have, um, even though we're continuing and there's a lot more to cover here, but in this particular section that we're learning, we're going to focus on the um, the obligation in itself and the laws of customs for a woman to daven. But any questions that you have, you can either reach out to me via WhatsApp if you're listening to these lessons on the WhatsApp group or, or if you're listening to them on trustashem.org, you could send me an email from the site. Or if you're listening to them from the Jewish podcast, then you could reach out to me at email on bitahon at trustashem.org. My email is bitahon, B-I-T-A-C-H-O-N, at trust hashem.org so now let's continue here and we're going to see if we can get a good understanding about our obligation to daven and um let's continue and so now this is the opinion of the rambam a classic presentation so number one Number one, daily tefillah is a Torah obligation. The Torah commands, And you shall serve Hashem your God. Hazal explained that serving Hashem means serving Hashem from the heart, which is a reference to tefillah. Number two, the Torah obligation of tefillah is fulfilled by any verbal expression of shvak, praise, bakasha, request, and hoda'ah, acknowledgement and thanksgiving. And this can be done at any time during the day. Number three, Hazal formalized tefillah by introducing the following. A, the number of times one must daven daily. B, the nusak, text of tefillah. And C, the zemanim fixed times for tefillah. Number four, Hazal's requirements, the rabbinic components of tefillah, are time-bound. And women are generally exempt from time-bound means vote. Number five, the Torah obligation of tefillah is not time-bound. Women are generally ob- obligated to keep non-time-bound means vote. And number six, consequently, a woman, women have a Torah obligation to daven to God once a day by expressing a shvat, bagasha, or and oda'a. They are exempt from all requirements of tefillah. So here's the opinion of the Ramban. Uh, number seven is daily tefillah is a rabbinic obligation. And the Torah only requires tefillah in times of distress. Number eight, Hazal instituted tefillah with time-bound characteristics. Nevertheless, they made the obligation equally incumbent both upon men and women. The Talmud says the reason that women are obligated in tefillah is because tefillah is a petition for mercy, and women have as much need for mercy as men. Number nine, consequently, women have the same obligation to daven as men. So here's the halakha for most women. Number ten, most poskim conclude that the halakha follows the opinion of the Ramban, Davening, Shmona Esrei, fulfills the principal obligation of daily tefillah. Therefore, women are obligated to daven the Shmona Esrei of Shacharit, Mincha, and weekdays. On weekdays, Shabbat and Yom Tov. Number 11, concerning a woman's obligation regarding the other parts of daily prayer, we could talk about that or we could see about that further. It's actually here listed in the footnotes. If you want additional uh, regarding other parts of the daily prayer, obligation-wise, reach out to me and I can provide that information to you. Um, as well. 
So now, women who are involved in raising a family. So many women involved in raising a family, which is number 12 here, are not accustomed to daven. Women in this category may be given the technical definition of terudos, which is singular teruda, which means busy or occupied. Number 13, for example, Rav Arelev, the son of the Chofetz Haim, related, my mother, blessed memory, hardly ever davened, Shmona Esrei. As long as we were under her care, she told me she told me that my father had exempted her because of her constant involvement in raising children. So Rav Hillel Zaks, uh, Zasa relates that his maternal grandfather, the Chofetz Haim, told Rav Zaks' mother that she was exempt from davening because of her obligations to her family. And the Chofetz Haim, however, added that she should nevertheless make an effort to daven at least one tefillah a day. The reason, he explained, is that women too need rachamim, which is mercy. Number 14, there are several possible sources for the exemption from davening. Now, A, women rely on the opinion of the Rambam that women can fulfill their obligation of tefillah by saying any shavak, bakasha, and hoda'ah. This form of tefillah is sometimes called a tefillah ketzara, short prayer, or tefillah kol shehi, minimal prayer. B, women are considered osek bemitzvot, people who are occupied with mitzvot, and they are given the status of attendance to the sick. Both are exempt from their obligation to daven. And C, women have a status comparable to that of a traveler. It was common in earlier times for a traveler who returned from a journey to be in a state of physical and mental exhaustion to the extent that he would not concentrate on tefillah. So in the words of the Rambam, his heart was tarud, occupied. He was forbidden to daven in this state because kavana, concentration, is a prerequisite for tefillah. And furthermore, Hazal exempted him from tefillah for an additional three days. And the custom has become to consider women to be in this situation on a continual basis. 15. There is a subtle difference between option and here that we discussed in 14 and the previous 14a on, on the one hand and options in 14b and c. On the other, according to the first option, women must still daven a minimal tefillah. And according to the second and third options, women are totally exempt from any form of tefillah. Number 16, in practice, women who are involved in raising a family may rely on both types of options. In most situations, women can find a few minutes a day to daven tefillah ketzerah. In extreme circumstances, when it's hard to find a new spare minutes, a few spare minutes, they may rely on the other options, like 14b and 14c, and be totally exempt from tefillah. Number 17, a woman is only categorized as a teruda if the principal reason for her preoccupation is her involvement in raising a family. And this can begin with the birth of her first child. In some circumstances, a woman who has a career as part of her responsibilities to her family may also be exempt. Number 18, a woman is not exempt from davening Shmona Esrei if her career is the primary reason why she is busy. Similarly, she is not exempt if she's busy for any other reason, such as involvement in tzedakah or hesed organizations. Note here, though, that when a woman is actually involved in an act of tzedakah or hesed, that needs urgent attention, or even if the need to perform an urgent act of tzedakah or hesed arises, she is exempt from davening. And this falls under the general rule of osek bemizvah, patur min hamizvah, when involved in a mitzvah, one is exempt from other mitzvot. Number 19, some poskim maintain that although a woman may be principally involved in other activities, as long as she is also involved in raising children, she may be lenient regarding tefillah. In addition, some poskim rule that any involvement in a mitzvah is, is, in a mitzvah is sufficient reason to be lenient regarding tefillah. 
Number 20, women who generally categorize themselves as terudos but find it that on a particular day they're not busy with their families are obligated to Davin Shmona Esrei on that day. Number 21, some poskim hold that women who categorize themselves as terudos may continue to do so even if on a particular day they are not busy with their families. If, however, a woman is not busy with her family for an ongoing period, then her obligation to Dam and Shmona Esrei returns. For example, if she's on vacation or if her children are away, then she's no longer exempt from davening Shmona Esrei. And this is certainly the case once her children have left home. Number 22, women who are terudos have many options for expressing a tefillah, ketsara, shavak, bekashah, da'ah. Some options listed in order of presence here are as follows. A, the 15 morning brachos from Asher Nasan Lashvi, Bina to Gomiel Azadim Tovim Lamu Israel. B, Brakatsa Torah, and this option is only valid when said with the intention of fulfilling one's obligation in tefillah. C, Berkat Samazon. This option is only valid when said with the intention of fulfilling one's obligation in tefillah. Furthermore, since it's preferable to say a tefillah katsarah before eating, this option only applies to women who were too busy with their families or felt weak or forgot to say a tefillah katsarah before the meal. D, any expression of shvak, bakasha, and hoda'ah in Hebrew. E, any expression of shavak, bakasha, and hoda'ah in our own language. The common practice of women is to express a tefillah, katsarah, by reciting all of brakahashachar. And so women should also say the first paragraph or at least the first verse of the Shema. And number 23, women who make the transition to the category to the category of terudos and stop davening shacharit or mencha on a regular basis do not have to arrange a hataras nedarim, which is a nominal vows. And some poskim argue that they do need to arrange a hataras nedarim. Number 24, concerning hataras nedarim for women who daven mariv regularly but are no longer able to do so, uh, see in uh, number four, where we special um, see four twenty-seven through twenty-nine, which is noted here. When you get the copy, if you request a copy, more information is available here. Number twenty-five concerning the halachot of caring for young children while davening. Also, you have to see here in this section here. Uh, there's more halachot uh, regarding caring for young children while a person is davening, and that's here as well. Again, maybe what I'll do is I'll just post it on the WhatsApp group uh, for you, for everyone to have it and to refer to it. So now let's go into to to who are terudos to daven? Who? So many women need time to relax so they don't feel pressured. And for example, sometimes a woman is generally busy with her family but finds 20 minutes in the morning for herself. If she feels she needs this time to relax, then she need not dive in during that time. So now, 26. Women who are terudos are encouraged, whenever possible, to follow at least the minimum requirement of Ramban, which is to damage Shmona Esrei twice a day. If twice a day is not an option, then you should dive in once Shmona Esrei. So ideally, they should say, and the first pasuk of Shema, with Baruch Shem Kavu Mahuto Lalam Ba'ed, before the Shacharit Shmona Esrei. And although not essential, many women complete the first paragraph of the Shema. And if possible, you should add the bracha after the Shema from Emes Ve'yatsiv until Ga'al Israel. And nevertheless, if they only have time to daven Shmona Esrei in the morning, they should do so and then try to add other parts of Shacharit as the opportunity uh, presents itself. It should also be stressed that this abridged version of tefillah is not a compromise, but an ideal for terudos looking to balance their busy schedule with tefillah. And so also there's an appendix here that talks, that also gives over a letter to an overwhelmed woman.
And so now, number 27, in addition to fulfilling their principal obligation in tefillah, women who daven enrich the spiritual atmosphere of their homes. And furthermore, there are role models demonstrating to their children the importance of tefillah. Number 28, husbands are encouraged to help with household responsibilities so that their wives can daven. And Rav Eliezer, Menachem Shach, Avishalom, writes the following suggestions in a letter. He says, regarding your wife's concerns that she no longer feels that she davens effectively, the reason why this is so is because she no longer davens on a regular basis. However, I think that although she is involved in raising children, she could still find 15 minutes for herself during the time you are home in the morning. She can then recite Berchasa Shachar, Baruch Shamar, Ashrei Yishtabak, and the Brachos of Shema, Shema and the Shmona Esrei. In the afternoon, you can find five minutes to daven Mincha during the time you are home for lunch. And once she gets used to this, she'll see that finding time to daven is not so hard. Number 29, it's preferable for women to daven Shmona Esrei, even if they feel that they will only have, that they will only be able to concentrate on its first bracha, the avos, rather than relying on the leniency of the terudot. And number 30, furthermore, it's preferable to daven Shmona Esrei after the end of Zman, tefillah, and before chatzot, midday, rather than rely on the leniency of terudot. And this is often a practical option for women who find the late morning to be a relatively quiet part of the day. Here's a note that one should not daven during the first half hour after midday. That time is after Zaman Shaharit and not yet Zaman Mincha. However, a woman who davens once a day and has no other option may daven her Shmona Esrei during that time. Another practical solution for women who are too busy with their families during the day but find evenings relatively quiet is to choose Ma'ariv as your daily prayer. They should nevertheless try to say Berkat HaShachar, the first paragraph of Shema, or at least the first pasuk of Shema with Baruch Shem Kavu Mahutol Olam Ba'ed during the day. Number 31, some scheme rule that even women who are terudos and do not generally daven should nevertheless make an extra effort to daven Musaf on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And they note that this indeed is a custom of most women. Number 32, women who have not daven Shmona Esrei for a month and now find time to daven should be careful to daven from a Sidur. And number 33, um, we're going to see in the upcoming lessons here and chapters concerning the continual obligation of parents to daven for their children. We'll talk about that there. Then number 34, here's a summary of suggestions in no order of preference for women involved in raising children who do not want to rely on the leniency of Terudot. A. Daven a condensed shacharit, even if it consists only of Shmona Esrei. B. Have your husband or someone else supervise the children for you while you daven. C. Daven at least Mencha. D. Daven at least Mariv. E. Daven a Shmona Esrei, even if you feel that you will only be able to concentrate on the first bracha. F. Some poskim suggest davening after Zaman Tefillah. G. Wake up before your children and daven. And H. Daven Shacharit while going, but while doing light housework. And this is, of course, not permitted during Shmona Esrei. It is also not permitted during the first two paragraphs of Shema. And some poskim say it's only it's it's only not permitted during the first pasuk of the Shema. So here's the importance of informal tefillah. Number 35, women who are terudos should be aware that they may and are encouraged to daven outside of the formal framework of shacharit, mincha, and ma'ariv. They can express themselves at any time and in any language. And note, when davening Shmona Esrei, a woman may daven to Hashem informally at the end, right before the second Yehu Rason. And this is a good time for her to reflect if there are any personal issues that are pressing in her life that she has yet expressed to Hashem. 
Number 36, women may regularly say Tehillim as both a meaningful and flexible way of expressing themselves to Hashem. And some halachot of saying Tehillim is this, and here's A, it is permitted to say Tehillim by heart. Nevertheless, it is preferable to say them in a writ, from a written Sefer Tehillim. B, if one says Tehillim on a regular basis, it's preferable not to say them at night. It's nevertheless permitted to do so if one occasionally looks at the at the, at the perush explanation of the of the Tehillim that she's saying. It is then considered that she is learning Tehillim and that she may actually say them at night. So if one is saying Tehillim for an urgent need, such as sickness and childbirth, etc., one may say them at night. C, it is permitted to say Tehillim on Shabbat, even if one is saying them with a particular need in mind. Number 37, there's a popular time-tested segula to dominate the kotel for 40 days for a particular need, such as sickness, childlessness, and a shiduk. So here's some guidelines for the segula from uh, Rav Moshe Strombach, Shlita. Number one, one should begin by saying Tehillim. Number two, afterwards one should make one request only. Number three, one may use the opportunity of being at the Kotel to daven shacharit, mincha, or mariv in the way that one usually davens without any extra additions. Number four, if one goes before nightfall and stays until after nightfall, this may not be considered as two days. Each day needs a separate visit. Number five, on Friday night, one may light candles at home with a tanai uh, and travel to the Kotel before zeman hadlachas neiros. Number six, if one cannot go on Shabbat, one can go on Motzei Shabbat instead. And that visit does not count for Sunday. You would then need to make an extra visit to count for Sunday. So if you normally go in the evenings, you would have to go on Sunday during the day instead. Number 38, there's a well-known segula that Beis Zara in times of trouble, one accepts upon herself to say Nishma when Hashem gives him, saves him from his Zara. And some add that at the time of acceptance, one should give tzedakah. Concerning the segula of saying Nishma, there's a footnote uh, that we have here that is solely, that talks about the segula of saying Nishma. Again, you'll see that when I make copies of this and I post it on the on the group. Number 39, one is obligated to daven to Hashem in times of trouble. And this is a Torah obligation, even according to Ramban, who says that the daily tefillot is a rabbinic obligation. And one should daven for both a national and personal crisis. And the prevalent custom is to say Tehillim, often followed by an appropriate supplication said in one's own words. So one can also have a formal supplication such as Achenu, found in the Sidur, after the weekday Torah reading, when davening for the troubles of our fellow Jews. The key is to express one's pain from the heart. And this often means davening in one's mother's tongue so that it's easier to have kavanah. And this is preferable to davening in Hebrew with less kavanah. And so in conclusion, it should be stressed that informal prayer has been the hallmark of the Jewish women throughout the generations since the times of Hannah and the Imachos. So in the words of Rav Yitzhak Berkowitz, every dish a Jewish woman would prepare and every small pain and discomfort of her loved ones would be accompanied with prayer from the depths of her heart. Baruch Adonai Leulam. Amen ve Amen.